He's here. He's here. Now, in a random student media building, deep in the bowels of the recording studio, under the wooden plaster of a marked building, we once again make contact with our lead analyst, Scott Harris. Hey, 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 people. Scott here. Welcome back to Capitol Hill Landscaping with Scotty. A lot has happened in recent months. A lot of interesting stuff. I want to first start off talking about uh, all the wacky shenanigans and railroad incident that uh, happened in Ohio a couple of weeks back. If you don't know, there was a uh, train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, which is this little border town, less than 10,000 people. That sits, you know, right on the Ohio-Pennsylvania border. So anyways, a um, there was a train derailment, which you hear that out loud. You don't think, train derailment, why does that even, how does that even happen? But regardless, so this train derailed, fell apart, broke apart. All the cars went flying everywhere, you know, train cars and whatnot. And it just so happens, uh, there's a bunch of very dangerous chemicals that were being transported by this train. And, of course, you know, when the derailment happened, the cars broke and the chemicals started, you know, spilling out into the ground. Not great. When teams arrived on the scene to assess the situation, it was noted to the, notified to the governor, uh, Mark D. Wine, that the best way to deal with the uh, contamination was to burn all the chemicals that would then go directly into the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, not great. Not a good look. Uh, there's been reports about the town, basically the water, not being drinkable. Uh, been a, I saw a statistic that said some tens of thousands of animals have died. There's been ash spotted in certain areas in like the surrounding area and states of kind of like this ash that's kind of corroding on cars and obviously why did this happen well it's quite interesting people are pointing trying to point the finger at people uh the biden administration is kind of pointing the finger at trump and his administration which is weird because the sort of deregulation of the trains started with Obama and were implemented by Trump. And then the Biden admin, you know, FDR incarnate basically did Jack and Pete Buttigieg, the Department of the Secretary of Transportation, basically said he can't keep getting away with this. How on earth could this have happened under my watch? I'd like to remind everybody that the Democrats uh, broke a rail strike that would have probably, if the strike went through fully and all their demands were met, would have prevented this horrific uh, ecological disaster from happening to begin with. Not gonna lie, it's uh, it's not good. Coincidentally, well, funnily enough, at the same time, uh, the U.S. government spent uh, billions and billions of dollars uh, shooting down some weather balloons. First off, um, the Chinese government apparently had a weather balloon that was going over the entire U.S., over Montana. It was shot down in South Carolina, or at least one of the Carolinas. Really 
interesting, odd stuff. What's weird is that the Chinese government fully admitted that it was their balloon and that it was there for just weather research purposes. But it's, uh, it's interesting, to say the least. But then there was another UFO spiting, sighted over um, Canada in which the U.S. acted on that and shot down a weather balloon there. And now there was reports about some like weather enthusiasts and their um, balloons being shot down. The biggest uh, takeaway from this, obviously, is that a single uh, jet fighter launching a missile to shoot down a balloon cost about $400 million. Yeah. Woo! But, um, the full fallout of the train derailment in the East Palestine, 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 in East Palestine, really comes down to the arrival of uh, former President Donald Trump. You see, on President's Day, uh, President Biden decided to go to uh, Kiev and um, Eastern Europe in general to kind of go on this sort of NATO grandstanding, we got your back Ukraine no matter what happens, we got you kind of tour essentially. And Biden on the same day went to East Palestine, Ohio and bought everybody in the town McDonald's and bottled water. Now, what kind of picture does this paint? Well, it seems like for Biden, it paints a picture of, oh, I'm going to deal with foreign affairs and stuff like that and go to Europe on President's Day. Meanwhile, my basically main opponent is going to go to the town, which I could have technically, hypothetically prevented the accident from happening if, you know, I didn't break up a rail strike essentially to get the you know get the trains moving on time and whatnot for trump anyways it makes him kind of down to earth which is a skill that he's kind of always had that's why a lot of people are drawn to trump because you know he's the one that can actually feel somewhat down to earth even though he's just as part of the establishments honestly as biden is but i digress so where does that lead this well 2024 still months and months and well in fact a year away uh it's gonna come up uh sooner than we thought honestly so who are the candidates they for so far who is in charge who's gonna lead well we have actually a uh, declared candidate for the Democrats named uh, Marina Wilson. Or, excuse me, not Maria. Well, Marianne Williamson, who's an author and activist who was in the running for president in 2020. She's the only officially uh, declared Democrat candidate so far. In terms of the Republicans, Trump has his first official challenger being Nikki Haley, former UN ambassador and former governor of South Carolina. Of course, uh, Trump kind of pointed it out, but I kind of agree with him on this, that Nikki Haley will probably get uh, 1-2% to of the uh, vote, honestly, in terms of the primaries. Which leaves us to the biggest question of all. Where is DeSantis? Is he going to run? Maybe? 
Probably. I don't know. He's got a few months. Campaign season starts uh, in August, September, and that around that time. So we'll see soon. Um, there's a Fox... DeSantis actually went on Fox News, Fox and Friends, the show, to be specific, and kind of hinted that he was running. Which, so, maybe... However, what's interesting is now Trump has kind of bounced back in many of the polls for the nomination after the midterms, which was basically a squeaky victory for the Republicans. Trump seemed to be like he was out, like he was done. He was done so. Zip. Done. But now he's gaining some ground back. And it makes you think, why is that? Why is this the case? Well, I don't know, actually. I personally don't have a clue. I mean, the establishment sure doesn't want Trump, that's for sure. They want DeSantis. They want somebody else who can actually, you know, beat Biden on a national level. But granted, I can maybe see why. After all, Trump lost to Biden um, to only less than 60,000 votes in three states, which isn't really that hard of a number to, you know, gain back. In all honesty, the only poll actually that I saw where DeSantis was over Biden, Biden was over Trump was in um, in California, which I learned today that actually has the highest amount of registered Republicans out of any state. Which saying that aloud makes me realize that makes a lot of sense because California is the largest state in the United States, not in terms of geography or size, but you know, population, of course. Now, what makes this interesting is um, this competition can really still go uh, several ways, honestly. Could it be a repeat of 2000? Maybe. Could it be a repeat of 2020? Also, maybe. Could it be a repeat of of 1912? Oh, absolutely. It just really depends on if DeSantis runs or not. And I haven't even talked about Biden yet. Biden is now in this predicament i would say his administration has failed to basically fulfill most of its main promises and what little it's done has basically said oh well we're doing the bare minimum so you should uh, elect me again of course however it's come increasingly obvious that the left or the progressive wing is not backing biden anymore obviously Essentially, if you don't know, the progressives were basically the key to helping Biden win. Without the progressive vote, uh, Biden would have lost in 2020. But they showed up because everybody hated Trump and they built this kind of coalition around the Dems and around Biden. And uh, yeah, that's history in uh, 2020. But however, many progressives and leftists that voted for biden in 2020 are not looking to vote for him in 2024 for the simple fact really that um he just hasn't done all that he's promised to do now why is that well simply put biden is hardliner the establishment the only thing that separates him from say nancy pelosi is that he actually doesn't participate in like stock trading if you don't know um Many members of Congress kind of use their power to effectively do legal insider trading, 
a very famous example is when Nancy Pelosi and her husband invested in a bunch of uh, these electronic vehicle companies and then a week later it was announced that the basically the fleets of the president's vehicles are all going electric what a coincidence if you ask me but it's not just democrats that do this every politician on the aisle like not every single one there's some that you know have principles but those principles still you know give them a six-figure salary book deals other means of making money like uh joe biden for example like he never participated in stock trading when you know he was in congress he probably made millions off his book though i have it i think it's uh, so promise me dad is the title of his book i bought it at a goodwill a few months ago or a year ago i haven't opened it yet but anywho i want to go on a bit of a tangent about um kind of what biden has done in terms of a left or progressive democrat perspective there's this really great account i follow it's called uh, holding biden accountable he's essentially critiquing the now president from a leftist point of view and i think a lot of his points are very interesting this is essentially he has a little chart that he keeps like updating over and over as biden continues his presidency now what's changed during office according to him is the amount of drilling um health care cost student debt has gone up according to him private poverty rates has gone up according to him that I can definitely see because there is the child tax credit for a while, which lifted 50% of children out of poverty, and then Biden took office, and then they just let the credit expire. So those 50% of kids that were in poverty are now back in poverty because now they don't have that money anymore. Uh, he cites that the... Biden administration has enacted the largest defense spending budget in United States history. Also, um, withholding of money from Afghanistan, which, if you don't know, um, after the U.S. pulled out of Afghanistan, we decided to seize all the assets of what the Afghan Republic that would have just gone to the Taliban because they have now access to all those government resources and accounts but we're withholding that basically holding billions and billions from the taliban which on paper sounds good but then you realize that now millions of afghans are now starving and are going to further and further poverty because of the money that's being withheld along with Citing basically arming. This account's kind of fully against any sort of intervention and in arming of other nations. Particularly in, uh, you know, continued arming of Saudi Arabia against in their war against Yemen. Which is a very interesting conflict. I will, I need to delve deeper onto the roots and the going-ons of between that. I just remember... Um, during Trump's presidency, there was a really, like, bombastic and famous meeting where Trump traveled to uh, Saudi Arabia to essentially 
come to a uh, arms agreement. Another interesting thing is uh, the um, amount of migrants. As you don't, as you may or may not know, there's been a increase in immigration into the U.S. to where ICE is a little overwhelmed, and President Biden has kind of stopped anybody coming in who's seeking asylum. Obviously, wiggling your finger doesn't do much about that, but I digress. And then obviously the rail strikes, along with, you know, not keeping to most of his promises that he set, having all this watered-down legislation that isn't really benefiting most people in the short term. It might in the long term, that remains to be seen, but we'll see. Now on to somewhere that's not the U.S. Well, specifically, it's kind of close to the U.S., but not really the U.S. El Salvador is a Central American nation. Uh, its current president, uh, Nayib uh, Bukili, has uh, been under a hot spot. Well, not really under a super hot spot, but he's gained a lot of attention from American media recently. If you don't know who he is, he was famous a few years back deciding to back his country's economy on Bitcoin. And then literally as soon as he did that, Bitcoin crashed and is now worth less than it was before. But anyways, he's back in the U.S. uh, limelight once again, mainly because of uh, a massive crime crackdown that he's had. Where he's essentially uh, rounded up a bunch of gangsters in El Salvador that have been terrorizing the country and have kind of been posting, not kind of, he's been posting videos and of them kind of in a very dehumanized way in these mega prisons. Uh, the reason for so is, you know, to combat the crime rate within El Salvador. And... From reports from El Salvador, it appears to be working, and now President Yayib has a 92% approval rating. Something that is completely unheard of at all. The images shown are of a prison that can hold up to as many as 40,000 inmates. 32 cells, 100 prisoners each. Each cell is... Two sinks and two toilets only. Now, it's been under a lot of fire from groups kind of calling the area to be extremely, you know, dehumanizing. The videos are literally guys in, you know, white boxer shorts and nothing else. But so far, about 64,000 gang members have been rounded up and they're predominantly belonging to... MS-13 and Borrow-18, some gangs. Uh, MS-13 was in the news cycle in the U.S. a little while ago for uh, kind of being in Trump's vocal patterns for a hot minute. But anyways, I want to thank you all for listening. This has been Capitol Hill Landscaping with Scotty, and I will see you next time.